Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Put your free throws because they are free. Fisher, Disopolis, Snacks, Crider, we're all 28 years old. Happy belated to Toss uh, over here. Toss, before we get into the uh, San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, bevy of NBA teams, and some baseball, of course, because we got to. You went to dinner for your birthday, and then you alluded to us that you have a new power rankings of the Italian places you've been in Los Angeles. I would love to hear if you have that ready to go. Okay. Yeah, I've got it. Um, I'm just going to preface this. I have five on the list. There are a couple other Italian spots. Actually, I have six on the list. Um, last I don't night, know if I've even been to five Italian spots in LA. Probably have. You just don't realize it, maybe. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. There's, there's definitely some places <laughs> that I still need to try. Josh, you, you have some, I think, off the top of your head after I finish my list that you can throw out there. But last night, I went to OSPI. OSPI. It's in, uh, it's in Venice. It's now my number one on the power rankings for wow. Italian spots in Los Angeles in the greater Los Angeles area. Um, Cacio e Pepe pasta that was fantastic. I like a hot honey soppressata pizza that was off the chain. Uh, wow. a, gr- a great little like um, old fashioned type cocktail that had like the smoke that was like infused into it. And they like brought it to the table, lit it on fire for me and then pulled it. And they didn't know it was my birthday. So they were just doing that because they do that. Uh, it was it was a good vibe. And the service you was like excellent. That. Yeah, we really like that. Y'all's former spot is is my number two. I think there's not a bad thing on the menu at JNV's, John and Vinny's, that is. Um, I think both locations are cool. I think the vibe is fun. For me, the consistency of John and Vinny's bumps it up to the number two spot. There's a place in um, mid-Wilshire area called Oeste that I really, really like. That's my number three spot. It has a nice little like veranda where you can sit outside. It feels like Italy. Um, even though you're you're in the middle of Los Angeles, my number four and five <laughs> are uh, Scopa, which is on Washington. And I had a I, the squash blossoms there are fantastic. Josh, that was a great wreck. Um, excellent, excellent aperitivo there. But the rest <laughs> of the menu disappointed me a little bit. I've only been there one time. Same thing with Elefante. Uh, and both of those places, I will admit, I need to try again and order different things on the menu because I don't think I ordered big enough and I think I just didn't hit the right things. But, um, and the reason why I have Elefante so low is like, it's really, really loud. I think it's good for a big group, but if you want to go on a date night there, the seating, your every, everything is like jam packed together and it's, it's a little tight in there, but you do get the, the view of the beach, um, at the upstairs window seating, which is cool when they have those open and available. Does Elefante count as Italian? Is that what it's considered? I yeah, think so, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think you could throw it in there. Uh, what about Nuo, uh, Uovo? Oh, Uovo is... I uh, like that place. I do like that place. It's probably fourth after Oeste, but ahead of Scopa and ahead of Elefante, solely because of the consistency, and they have the little the sampler where they, they throw three pastas at you. I think it's a great way um, to display a menu, and their, their pasta is really good. It's, it's a simpler menu, but it gets the job done. Yeah, I think next on your list should after you do the rerun on Scopa because I love Scopa. Felix is one you should hit. Uh, Jelena, that's not Italian. Yeah, what? we really no. Well, because Jelena's like tapas style, so it's it's a little it's a little different. But Jelena is incredible. I love I love Jelena. Jelena's incredible. Do they not? They're, I, they have a, they have like a pizza place next door. Yeah, I think it is Italian, but that menu is so 
expansive. It's got so many different things on there, and okay. it's more. I'm going it's more small I'll, bites. I'll ask them on Saturday how they feel. We can revisit Felix. Uh, Bestia is something you should try. I haven't been to Bestia, but I've heard it's it's good. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Osteria Labuca and Osteria Moza, our friend McDermott, um, back in the day, said it's the best meal he ever had in Los Angeles. So there's a, a couple more for you to try, but I think Ospi is uh, number one on my try list now. I think I have to go check it out. You're a mess. Ospi. Ospi. Ospi, yeah. Ospi, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. There was also like a, an old Italian couple next to me, and they were just like there vibing, and I was like, this is cool. Like I'm, these people right here. Yeah, it makes you feel like okay, like if they're if Italians are eating it, you know, it's got to be pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of pretty decent, there's a pretty decent prospect coming out in the NBA. Victor Wembanyama from France, not Italian, close enough though in Europe. He's seven four, right? Yeah, seven three, seven four. I mean, at that point, it's seven five. Who even knows? They showed a picture of his feet without shoes on. I was like. I was like, look, that's like the size of my forearm. Bigger, honestly. He will be a San Antonio Spur as of last night's lottery uh, for the fifth straight year. A couple of stats I want to throw at you guys. Fifth straight year, a team with the worst record in the NBA did not win the lottery. So the Detroit Pistons were the worst team in the NBA. They had tied now in the NBA. What they do is three teams have the same odds. Right. Which were the Rockets. I think 14%. 14%. Yeah. Rockets, Spurs, Pistons. And then after that, the Hornets had 12 and a half. Hornets are the number two team. Uh, the last time, the last few times they've been the two pick when the other uh, was Anthony Davis was picked first. Dwight Howard was picked first. Shaquille O'Neal was picked first. So pretty good track record for the teams picking ahead of Charlotte when they have the two pick and having the one pick. Uh, so the Spurs should, if they weren't feeling good. They should really uh, be feeling good now <laughs> uh, about having that first overall pick. They have the two, uh, the Blazers jump the Pistons who fall to five, the Rockets at four, the Blazers are now at three, uh, but they won't be making the pick. It seems they'll be shopping the pick to go get somebody uh, for Damian Lillard. I would love to get everybody's, Gut check thoughts, winners, losers. Obviously, we could just come right out and say it. The biggest winner is San Antonio. Biggest loser is Detroit. Um, but what are some of your guys' takeaways from maybe from the women Yama sweepstakes compared to other sweepstakes you've seen uh, across all sports? You know, we've seen with Luck, Lawrence, we've seen with Bryce Harper, Strasburg, if we remember that, and other guys than Anthony Davis, the NBA, and so on and so forth. So I'd love to get your guys' initial reactions. I mean, Woj went out and said, and obviously, you know he's got his finger on the pulse of basketball and, and not much for these other sports um, that this is the biggest prospect we've seen in sports since LeBron James, um, Josh, Josh, we were on a text thread and someone was like, since Zion and you were like, no, 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 no. Since LeBron. Um, I think maybe some of that has to do with, we saw Zion at Duke, right. But he also got hurt a little bit at Duke. So there was already some of those murmurs going into the draft for him. Uh, and he's not seven three. He's not seven four. He didn't the night before the draft lottery put on an unbelievable display where he like beats a, a double team at half court, splits the double, and then goes and takes two steps and dunks the ball. Um, he had like twenty two nine and like five blocks the night before the draft lottery. The guy is unbelievable. I, I was seeing text threads and Twitter threads. Uh, Jack Settlement threw out you know our, our buddy at Snapback Sports. He said. If they could give him a max contract right now, would you would you give him one? And then he answered his own question. He was like, yes. And then in the comments, people were like, every single team in the NBA would. That's how that's how impressive of a prospect this guy is. This is the type of guy that can slot in or is projected to slot in and immediately be immediately be a top twenty five player in the NBA. Um, Did you guys see his reaction to not going to the Rockets? Yes, I saw his right. He was, he was, if you're a prospect, like where would you guys want to go? Those teams, the Rockets, Spurs. the Spurs. Well, we're talking about who are the winners, obviously the Spurs, but he's a winner. He gets to play for Coach Popovich. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best coach you could play for in the NBA. Yes. Like, and he also, he's, he's got multiple Hall of Famers that he's coached. And Tim yeah. Duncan is, is in that locker room, right? He's, he helps with the team. I know, Josh, you were talking about maybe they bring in Tony Parker as well. 
the Frenchman to kind of yep. whisper sweet, sweet nothings into Victor's ear. He also knows that he gets to come in and be the best player for this team, right? He goes to Houston. He goes to Charlotte. Houston, he's dealing with Jalen Green, right? Charlotte, he's dealing with LaMelo Ball. Um, even Detroit, they they just drafted Kate Cunningham. They just drafted Jaden Ivey. Uh, Josh, I was texting you. I, I don't think it's that bad that the Pistons fell. Um, obviously, when you're tied in in percentage of odds to potentially get Victor Wembanyama, you want him, of course. But for the Rockets and the Pistons, um, respectively, ending up with the fourth and fifth pick, I, I don't mind that for them. The Rockets now don't have to make the decision at number two to take uh, Scoot Henderson, who I think is the second best player in this draft and has continued to rise up the boards. And now, you know, last week it was, uh, it was released that Steph Curry is going to mentor him, which, you know, that, that, that gets everybody excited about him. Of course, Charlotte connection. Right. And, and so now, you know, Charlotte, that opens the door for them to, to run a, a two guard system with Lamelo and Scoot. But if the Rockets had had that on the table and they felt they had to draft Scoot at the two spot, uh, of course, you could have traded back, but you've got Jalen Green there. You've got Kevin Porter Jr. There's just a lot of mouths to feed, and they already have that problem. Um, so I, I don't mind them kind of just taking best player available now at four. And then the same thing with the Pistons. Whoever falls in their lap at the five can slot in alongside Ivy and Duran. Um, that sucks for them. Being the worst team in basketball, have the five pick. I'm with Nick. I think but, this blows. Like If you were the three this pick, is why you could have taken Brandon you, Miller. This is why you do it. They still might get Brandon Miller. I don't know, dude. I you're hey, tea leaves, man. He's dropping, and the Thompson brothers are legit, and they can create for others. They're better passers than he is. They're just as big. They're just as versatile. Um, I, I think they actually will have some good options here at the five spot. But it's really wild because this Pistons team, if they take this pick, they'll have the number five. They'll have James Wiseman, who is the second overall pick. One. They will have Cade. Uh, Cade Cunningham, who's the number one overall pick. They'll have Marvin Bagley on their team, who's the number... No? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just shaking my head like it's crazy. It's, Sorry. It's, yeah, yeah, It's wild. And then they will also have Jaden Ivey. So they will have six top five picks on their team. You better make it work at this point. And Jalen Dern, who's Trust also the process. a pick. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, do I'm, think... I'm, reading, I'm reading that woman Yamba played football, soccer, when he was younger. Uh, Skip for the feet. And at 10, 10 years old, he was playing for the 11 under team, and he was 5'11, and people mistook him for the coach. He played I mean, goalkeeper. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder what position he played. You stick the kid in natties the entire night. I asked you yesterday, Toss, I texted you, I'm like, what position? Is he like a lock to be a center? I know the Spurs will now use him as a center, but it would have been more of a question mark had he gone to Charlotte with Mark Williams over there, had yeah. he gone to, you know, Portland with Nurkic there. Uh, Schengen at in Houston and again like the bevy of guys who just listed in Detroit like you could play Wembenyama he's so athletic and his skill set is you know kind of like it's like a point center almost again like we're seeing like a guy can run point you could kind of play him defensively sometimes he's so long on the wings no 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 I completely agree um I think defensively he with Jeremy Sohan are going to be an awesome duo for the Spurs going forward I really like Malachi Branham, yeah. who you know they they drafted from Ohio State. At the minimum, I think that guy can be a sixth man, really good bench scorer for them, and you know with upside to be more. Trey Jones, um, he's a really good playmaker. I mean, let's see what the pick and roll looks like with him and, and Vic. But uh, there's a lot of options here, and Blake Wesley. I mean, I I still need to see more from him. Obviously, if if they had hit on that primo pick or picked a different guy, you know they'd be in an even better position, but they just built a $500 million facility in San Antonio that will be um, unveiled and, and started to be used in the fall of this season. So things are really, really working out well for this San Antonio yeah. franchise. And at this point, pop is just going to coach until he can't coach no more, which Josh, we thought was the case anyway. Didn't you say that the move to Austin was going to happen? doesn't look like that's going to happen now. They're playing games in Austin at least. Yeah, but I, I mean, they just built a facility. I don't know if that's gonna. Let me let me throw this out there for you guys. So they're so playing they're playing two home games in the next two years in Austin. If and this would take a new CBA, which we have a few years now until that happens. If there is an NBA expansion, and you're the San Antonio Spurs, Spurs organization, and you now have Victor Wembanyama, 
wouldn't you want to have Austin as your territory as opposed to another team coming in there yeah. and, and taking it from you? So, so what yeah. if what if in in four or five years or even longer, by the time the next CBA rolls around, they become the first team that is a split home franchise between two cities and they play 50 of their home games in Austin and 50 of them in San Antonio, where their home, their technical home base is still San Antonio, but they rebrand their team to like the Texas Spurs or something like that. And 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 claim Austin before another team can do it. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I just know right now, like Austin is for the most part Spurs fans. You know, I mean, obviously we have the Rockets and the Mavs as well in Texas, but right. growing up in Austin, there were way more Spurs fans than anything. And a lot of that had to do with them winning when we were younger as well. I mean, they were constantly in the finals. But yeah, I think that'd be cool. Uh, you know, Josh and I were talking about it the other day and we both said we'd become fans of the Spurs if they moved to Austin. I can't really pull the trigger right now, but my initial thought was when they got this pick was like, Oh crap. Like victory could end up being, you know, Austin, Austin's athlete, you know, the King of Austin. Right. Hook them, hook them on is where we, I tweeted from the cherry stripe handle. Like they're playing home games there. I, mean, I think them becoming the Texas Spurs, you took the words that right out of my mouth was what I was about to, you know, piggyback off your idea. Like, I think that's exactly what they could become. I think it, they can, you know, definitely do a split ski over there. They're already doing some games over there. Austin's a massive market. We saw how successful and going Austin and going to become even bigger too. Yeah. That's the thing, right? They've seen like some, some team is going to go there professionally outside of Austin FC in the next five, six years. Baseball should be baseball, should be baseball but someone's going to go there. And once they see how big of a success that is, like ditto, like, oh, like, yeah, like Las, Las Vegas. Like now every Las Vegas is number one on everybody's market. It's a little um, different though. Vegas is, is an anomaly, but I see what you mean. I just mean in the, I don't mean the comparative cities. I mean, I just mean in the sense that. No, I know. Are, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm just saying that you, that Vegas is different because there is huge, massive financial upside right off the bat for any team to go there. doesn't matter what sport it is. doesn't matter what franchise it is. You can save an organization that way, and you can make a lot of money that way if you're a brand-new expansion. Well, I, would say, I would say from the Austin side of things, and this goes for San Antonio as well, um, from a player standpoint, I mean, there's no state income tax. There's only eight states in the United States – that don't have state income tax. And obviously Texas is one of them. Austin is a hotbed for athletes in the off season to train. Right. So, and, and celebrities as well, you know, that's more of like who's showing up to the games and what kind of marketing can you put behind a team that's based out of Austin. But again, like I just keep thinking and bringing up in my head, like if you're the San Antonio Spurs, you don't want another team in Austin. Like you really don't. You want that to be you. You don't want that to be someone else that then is competing with the Mavericks, with Houston. Um, you know, San Antonio is a is a massively growing city in its own right. I think San Antonio and Austin are both in top three if you look at um, like migration metrics domestically of, of people just moving to Texas and specifically those two cities. But Austin is, it, you've got South by Southwest. Right, you've got ACL. It's a massive music hub. It's a massive enter- entertainment hub, tech hub. Like it just makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, it would be pretty epic if they did that. And obviously, when Benyama by himself is going to make this team, um, who has who has they they've bottomed out. In, you know, in, in consideration of the last twenty years where they've been in regards to valuation of their franchise in comparison to the other NBA franchises, I think they're at nineteenth right now. And two years ago, they were at 11th. So they are they were trending in the wrong direction. And this guy immediately will take them into the top 10. Yeah, I mean, look, they talk about it being the most rigged thing in sports, the lottery. There was no way they were allowing Wembenyama to go to Detroit or Houston. It was San Antonio, maybe a Charlotte move. I saw a guy, you know, run down the list. Charlotte move uh, to keep MJ there and, you know, build up LaMelo a little bit. But, I mean, San Antonio was – the logical pick, honestly, um, from the jump. Quickly, though, before we move on to what else has been going on in the NBA and some fun games, who can trade for the Blazers pick? Like, I, I like – we talk about the Rockets. Take, I like Jairus Walker to the Rockets. I think that's fun. I think that gives them some defensive versatility, and I think that gives them some defense to you know, fall back on. But who is the team that can, you guys think can trade for the Blazers pick at number three? Because if you think Scoot goes two or Brandon Miller goes two, vice versa, you have either guy. Yeah, I wonder 
if a team that is a little bit later in the in the lottery wants to move up, I think that there is a drastic drop off outside of the top five prospects in this draft. Um, in this draft class, I know you can get a lot of value, you know, after the five picks and and guys become things that we don't think that they're going to be when we're in the draft prospect evaluation process. But if a team like the like the Pacers who didn't hop into the hop, into the top five, you know, wants a running mate with Halliburton and they they want to bring in another guy that can become a quote unquote star alongside him and Ben Matherin, um, who I thought was a really great pick last year. Like maybe they move up and they have some assets that they could swing to the Blazers, you know, if, if they want to kind of trick the Blazers into believing that they can contend once again. Um, in my opinion, I think the Blazers should keep the pick because I think Shaden Sharp was an excellent pick. I think Simons is a good young guard. And I think, you know, we've been saying this for a long time. Like, why don't we just move Dame? Like, why don't we just move Dame and see exactly what we can get? and do a true, a true rebuild and also add in the third overall pick this year and get the best guy. That's what I, I mean, but the, but the Pacers is a team I'd throw out there. Obviously the Raptors have a lot of capital, so they could, they could try for it. Um, the Thunder could too, if they wanted to move up, they certainly have the draft capital to do that. But magic. Yeah. The magic, the magic do too. Pretty interesting. Yeah. There's a lot. I, I just don't know if there's a superstar. Like if outside of Chicago, with DeRozan and Levine, like I don't know if there's a superstar you can go out and get for for Dame to run with. Like I don't know who's going to be available. Like Miles Turner or Buddy and or Buddy Heald are not doing it for me to get them, you know, in that upper echelon of Western Conference. Like you're not beating either of these Western Conference, and we could cater into this, but you're not beating the Lakers or the Nuggets or this or the Warriors um, or the Suns next year. And if, the, and if Zion is healthy, like you're not beating them either, or the Kings, or probably y'all still. So like <laughs> the Blazers, like no matter who, for based off who's out there and available, I am with you. I, I think tr- trading this pick is an absolute mistake. I think they need to make the pick and they need a, re- a refresh start. They couldn't get it done with L- Lillard and McCollum um, for a bevy of reasons, and you have to move on from Damian Lillard and get even more assets back in that deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with uh, you. Where does Jokic rank on best players y'all have seen ever? I mean, his his stat line last night was ridiculous heading into the fourth quarter, let alone what he finished with. Putting together, people are calling what a Wilt Chamberlain-esque game. Um, his passes are unbelievable. The, his shot at the end of the third quarter, no emotion after that was ridiculous. Um, he, to me proved without having to say anything that he probably should have been the MVP, you know, once again. Um, and he, he's just been nothing short of unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's not, we're talking about the all time guys like that you've seen. Yeah. Like LeBron is number one, right? By the time I was watching Jordan live, he was on the wizards. So I Mm -hmm. can't, can't consider him, although he was still really good. Um, Steph still ahead of him, of Jokic, that is. Kobe. Kobe. But he's in the Shaq. conversation of the next yeah. guys. Yeah, Shaq. Tim Duncan. Yeah. But, I mean, from, from just the the watching standpoint, he amazes me more than Tim Duncan. But that that is more of like, hey, maybe that's even more credit to Tim Duncan because of the fact that he was just that good. And yep. like you you didn't even notice how good he was sometimes. Yep. Um, I think you got to throw in Giannis and KD as well. Maybe top yeah, he's, 10, top 15. He, he's more, I enjoy watching him more than I enjoy watching Giannis. But I think like the spikes of enjoyment when you're watching Giannis are probably higher. Cause when he goes fast break and you know, he Euro steps and then dunks on two guys, you're just like, no one else has ever been able to do that. So yep. um, yeah, he's, he's definitely up there. He's unbelievable. I don't. I'm not, not from a sorry an enjoyment standpoint. I'm just saying, like skill wise. I mean, you threw out a bunch of guys, Nick, but like realistically, to me, he's better than Kawhi. He's better than Embiid. I know he hasn't gotten a ring yet, and that's like the that's like the oh, the biggest thing you could win in the M- NBA. But for all intents and purposes, if it wasn't this ridiculous narrative pushed by the media, he would have won his third MVP in a row. Like the media pushed Embiid. It was he should not have won it. Last night, what we saw, 
Aside from if you look at the just the triple double that he put together of 34, 21, 14 or whatever it was, which he had going into the fourth quarter, by the way. Yeah, 34, 21, 14, couple nice blocks. He had the, the Lakers as a team had five offensive rebounds. Jokic had six. So he's creating, not only is he creating for his teammates, not only is he scoring at an unbelievably efficient clip, he's creating second opportunities for his team. So yeah. I don't know. I just, to me, as he, he, he amazes me. He's so smooth. He's so patient. He knows where to be at all times. He knows where everybody is in the court at all times. Like that KCP cut and pass, like was ridiculous. Like that he found him like uh, when he was going to the rack, I, he just really, to me is such an unbelievable talent. And we were on a call with our, you know, El Prez of uh, believe today and he was like well like the nuggets gave them their best game and they only won by six lakers gave him a pretty damn good game too like i don't know how much better of a game the lakers are going to give them like ad had 40 lebron had what 26 12 and 9 and they lost yeah they had the comeback but they lost like this team i mean Rui Rui was eight for 11 like he was unconscious basically um I know he didn't do as much damage as he has in, in previous series from the three-point line, but... Reeves, five of nine from three. Yeah. Although at this point, are we surprised by that? I mean, that, that that's kind of who Austin Reeves has been the entire playoffs. Like, he's just been a really good player. He's been their third best player. Not surprised, um, but that's the best game he's going to give you. Yeah, maybe. I would have liked to have seen LeBron shoot a little bit better. I think when the three-point shot wasn't working for him. Uh, he, he did the right thing and he started taking the ball to the rack and getting to the line. But, um, you know, he's going to have to shoot the three point shot. Well, that's become a part of his game in, in, you know, at, at age 38 and you go for four, um, that, that's tough for him, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really good game. I think to me, the glaring issue for the Lakers is that they let Jamal Murray and Jokic have their way with them offensively. And they have to force those other guys to step up. They not that none of the rest of those guys played well. KCP played well. Bruce Brown played well. Um, MPJ played decently. Like I mean, he shot well. Shot fifty percent from the field. He only had fifteen points. Like you really have to force them to beat you in other ways. Um, and that's that's saying something because this team is they're offensively at another level. Than, mm-hmm. than the Warriors were at. They have so many more options, and that starts with Jokic creating that for other people. But they they scored 132 points. You're not going to win a game when the other team scores 132 points. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the Schroeder needs to get on Murray, in my opinion. I think they have a D'Angelo Russell problem. If he's going to shoot like that, I know he was putting up shots after the game, but if he's going to shoot like that, they have a major issue. He's taking up serious minutes. Like You almost have to, at that point, ride, a hot, ride, ride the hot hand between him and Lonnie Walker. Um, Brown was excellent, um, in my opinion, off the bench. Gordon left a lot to be desired offensively, but still showed value. But if you're the Lakers and Ham and you have to go back to the drawing board, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, I'm not saying he has to Tony Snell it out there where he's just running around on uh, Jamal Murray, but they can't let Jamal Murray go for 30 if they want to win this basketball game, game two. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Dude, to the guy that's a little bit easier to stop. Still not easy to stop that guy because he's excellent offensively, but you're not going to stop Jokic. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's talk a little baseball. We haven't hit baseball in a little bit. Um, a lot of a lot's been going on uh, since we last checked in. The Rays have come back down to earth a little bit, but still scorching hot. The Orioles scorching hot. The whole AL East. You guys ready for this? Out of division. Or above 600 against teams. Everyone in the the worst team is my Red Sox. They're 23 and 20. That would be good for third place in the West, second place in the AL Central. That'd be good for second place in the NL East, be good for second place in the NL Central, and then be good for third place in the NL West. The AL East is a gauntlet, but is still putting together one of the best one of the best starts to a season of any division in sports I've ever seen. Everyone's in plus differential. The lineups are 
The Blue Jays aren't hitting, but they're pitching very well. The Red Sox aren't pitching well, but they're hitting very well. The Rays and, and the that's the division you want that out of too. You know, it's yeah. the markets that I think are the most entertaining, New York, Boston. Um, and of course, you know, those are always primetime matchups on ESPN. And those two teams are at the bottom of your division, both over 500. Um, mm-hmm. And of course we have the hottest team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. So um, it's fun. It's good for baseball. I think, you know, when teams are competitive like this and not, you know, just running away with an entire division. And you mentioned that everyone is in a plus run differential as well. I mean, that's really sound baseball, but you know, I'm interesting to see the longevity of this and to see how far these teams can actually last. I mean, I, we all knew that the Yankees, you know, were going to be good. I mean, they're six games above 500. They'd be first place in a lot of divisions. Well, I think we all predicted that the Blue Jays are going to be good. Um, the Rays obviously surprised us. The Red Sox are surprising us, but I think the Orioles, I think are also a team that we also had doing pretty well this season. Um, and then just talking really quickly about teams that started off hot and are coming back down to reality. Pittsburgh Pirates are not doing as well as they, they did. They're still two games over 500, but kind they of coming two, back down. Yeah. And we knew they would. I mean, I think the Orioles, I thought we were, I thought they, we thought they, I think we thought the Orioles were going to be better. Or yeah. Y'all had them, at, y'all had them with their over, but I don't think you had them at this pace. No, I mean, but this goes to show you like, if you look across the league, the most dis- the, the most disappointing team in the league is the Mets. Cardinals. Cardinals. I don't know. Give it give it a month with the Cardinals cuz they um, I'm wanna... kind of with Toss as well. Like I think the Cardinals are the dude, the Mets. The Mets went this offseason and got Verlander. The Padres and the Mets have the same record. They're both twenty and twenty-three. Those are both. And I'm about to. Teams. I was about to list you guys next. Like y'all are but two you, of the three most disappointing teams. St. Louis is down there, dude. They're they're for sure, for sure, they're, sure. They're, they're, they're statistically right now the worst team in the NL, and they have the MVP of last season and Nolan Arenado and Tommy Edmond and Luzon Art Bar. Like they, they have, they've, they've got good players on their team. Their pitching has been atrocious. They've been they've gotten better they're, they're getting the yeah they're, 15, they're seven and three of, of the last 10 games but and, they're still the last place team in the nl right they, i think ultimately they, they, the they reason have a plus run differential though i think we ultimately the reason plus the reason why y'all picked them record. to win this division is still why they can make that jump back up is because the rest of these teams are not that good right and right but if we're talking right now biggest disappointments I, that's got to them be they're they're in there for sure for sure yeah for, i'm not saying they're not but i'm saying to me I thought the Cardinals would be a division winner, not a World Series contender. Like I thought y'all and the Mets would be World Series contenders. I had the Braves winning the World Series. I didn't th- and the kudos to you Nick, you thought the Marlins were going to be better than I did. But needless to say, I did not anticipate the Mets being fourth in the, in their division. I did not anticipate and we both thought the Diamondbacks were going to be good, but I did not anticipate y'all being third. Can I you know? can I also throw the can I throw the Guardians in the mix as well? disappointing yeah of course right now i think yeah, yeah i think that for them jimenez has been pretty pretty terrible offensively and that's a guy we thought could be an, a, a perennial all-star at second base tristan mckenzie uh is out for six to eight weeks and he was supposed to be their number two they still have bieber who got roughed up a little bit his k numbers are not what they were we're seeing a lot of, yeah we're seeing a lot of like bieber manoa cease Nola, we're seeing a lot of some. We're seeing some of these guys kind of struggle. Whereas, you know, Sonny Gray is like the Cy Young of the AL. Um, Clayton Kershaw is the age, ageless wonder. Spencer Strider is for real, absolutely yep. for real. Otani, Gosman, I mean Mitch Keller on the Pi- on the Pirates has been insane. And Framber, Framber Valdez, I wonder if he's going to finish his career with the most quality starts in the history. The guy just like. He never come. I mean, sometimes he does come out and dazzle, of course, but every time out, he's like seven, two earned, six, two earned. Yep. It's so ridiculous. Going to win a lot of games like that. Yeah, uh, I Nick, you said the you said the Rays are the hottest team in baseball. They're the best team in baseball right that, now. Yeah, I, mean, I, the, the, do- high, well, the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the hottest games. team in baseball. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean they've really put it together. I mean they've got the best record in the last 15, 10 games, but. Um, a lot of that has to do with taking sweeping us last series and then taking two out of three the series before that. So 
And a lot of it has to do with when their MVP caliber players play MVP level baseball. And when yeah, Mookie and Freddie are hit, he had a home like, run against against us like every game almost. And that's why those that's why that team is so dangerous because they have those two guys and mm. been yeah. pretty unbelievable. They have multiple guys, dude. They're, they're I mean, they have one of the best catchers in baseball, <clears throat> no doubt. Maybe the best. Guys. I mean, he's their three hitter in that lineup. Ruxpin is pretty good, dude. He's, he's but young. sure. I yeah. Would say, I would say like over time, Will Smith has been consistently one of the best catchers in baseball. Probably the best. I mean, he's home. He's homegrown. In there. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the Dodgers are like, besides like Freeman and, right. Right. and bets are, are homegrown. They, I, they do it well. They're probably I, the best organization when it comes to talent development. Yeah, they're pretty. I mean, them, the Rays. I mean, them, the Rays, the Orioles. Like, in my opinion, you kind of have to the the Braves, dude. I honestly would even almost argue the Braves because they grew Freddie Freeman, and they and the I mean, the Braves are, in my opinion, probably the best run organization in baseball. They got they let Freddie Freeman go, and they went with Matt Olson, who's been great. They went and got Sean Murphy, who can maybe contend with Real Muto, Will Smith, and Ruxman for the best catcher in baseball. He's been insane. He's got like 40 RBIs. It's a catcher position. Strider's homegrown. This kid, Bryce Elder, who's come out of nowhere, is homegrown. I mean, and they like Freed hasn't pitched, right? Hasn't like, Freed's been in and out of the rotation, right? Has been hurt. You know, Charlie Morton's the ageless wonder. I mean, the Braves are no joke. Um, but your Rangers as well. Like, Ivaldi uh, has been unbelievable. Like he's, Dane, Dane Dunning has been incredible. Dane like Dunning, incredible. Been fan, he's been fantastic. Adolis Garcia, like yes, you went out and you got, uh, you went out and you paid Seager. But he hasn't played yet, really, this year. And Degrom had, hasn't played as much as we'd like him to have played either. Our two, even, our two best players, right there, really. Well, you're, I think, I mean, you're, I would go as far as to say your best player might be Marcus Semien. It might be the best second baseman in baseball. Um, but low. Uh, Garcia, like Jonah Heim has been excellent. Uh, yeah, he's been great. That division is kind of, that division is very interesting as well to me. The only division that like is an absolute snooze fest, and I don't know how we're going to fix this as baseball fans and Central. baseball love, which the AL Central. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's really bad. I think, I think all those teams are going to be sellers too, besides the Twins. Um, I mean, Detroit has got to stay the course and continue to, to build on their young talent. But like, if Cleveland continues, as I mentioned, they should sell Shane Bieber. They should sell, you know, high on some of like Class A. They should sell on a lot of their guys. Uh, same with the White Sox. I mean, maybe besides Luis Robert, but I mean, those organizations have just not been able to get it done. And I don't even know. Maybe Jose Ramirez too. I mean, he's on a really team-friendly contract, and you can get a lot of prospects for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I like if you're if you're a team in the AL East, like looking to really kind of create some separation and and be like a, uh, you know, get an X factor on your team. Like Baltimore wants to actually start to really you know pull that gap out. Like go out and get Jose Ramirez. That'd be insane. He would kill it for them. That, that lineup is nasty. Cedric Mullins is an all star. He's an yeah. all star. Santander's a guy you've always liked. Mount Castle's been nice. Like Hayes. Austin Hayes has been hitting tar off the ball. Like Gunnar Henderson's like their top prospect. And he's like not hitting that well, but he's on base yep. has been amazing. I'm with you on the Tigers. I think Riley Green's a future superstar and he's a stud. Um the White Sox, I don't know what I don't even know what I want from that team. Really. Kansas like, City is uh sitting at the bottom, but their offense is is pretty good. They have I mean, a couple guys a, I like. They've been a, yeah, I mean like Salvador Perez is obviously going to be probably one of the hottest commodities on the trade market eventually because, you know, catchers are, are far away. We talked about how, you know, there are a few good catchers out there and he's been Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got nine home runs right now. And a couple years ago, didn't he lead the AL in home runs? So I think, uh, you know, he's going to be a hot commodity there, but that's going to be the biggest uh, market right there, that division for, for, uh, sellers and there's not gonna be a lot of sellers i don't i think at this deadline i think there's too many competitive teams and everyone thinks that they're in the mix like you know we're talking about the angels who 
you know, could potentially be selling Trout and Otani. And they're sitting there right now at one game above 500. They started off hotter. They've been kind of on a skid, but I mean, that division's pretty, pretty open. I mean, yes, your Rangers are at top right now, toss, but I mean, four and a half games back are the Angels, three games back are Houston, five games back is Seattle. And of course, you have the treacherous athletics, but you know, they're not even really, cons- we don't even want to talk about them because they're so bad. Yeah. I will say, like, we're, we are at the top of that division, but we are legit too. Yes. We have, no, we, have this, we have the second best run differential in the MLB. Like, we're a really good team and we're really no, well managed. 100%. Now. I'm just trying to say that, like, there's a lot of parody and there's a lot of teams yeah. that are in the mix that think that, I mean, look, if, if you're the Angels and you're like, this is our last shot with Otani and Trout, might as well go full force. You know, they might even yeah. be buyers. They might go out and get some pitching, you know, looking for a guy, maybe like Bieber to add to, to, to Otani. I mean, I don't know what you can really give up, but like if they want to really pull out all the stops to see, or maybe even go get some rentals for this season. I mean, this is their year if they really want to try. Yeah. Your rental might be Cody Bellinger. Who's had been really nice this year. He's got a one-year deal in Chicago. I think I'm I looking at him. Offense is what they need though. I'm just saying in general, I mean, you Chapman's been excellent for the Royals. He's on a, he's on a rental. He has, uh, he's a classic deadline guy. That's always moves. Uh, Giolito bring Giolito back home to Los Angeles. He might be a come at a cheaper cost than Shane Bieber. Uh, and again, you could go rook the White Sox because they're going to have to rebuild. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I'm with you. There's a lot of team and a lot of the bad teams that are, you know, in the cellar like I, I don't want anyone on the a's no uh maybe maybe brent rooker <laughs> but maybe I yeah mean, they, would, would they even want to sell him they, no yeah i would sell high on him because you don't know what you don't that shoe could fall right. at any moment realistically but yeah. i like that you brought up the royals quickly i mean Vinny, Vinny the gooch Vinny p he's hilarious he's fun bobby witt's fun there's some guys over there that are like that could potentially like there's something yeah, when, in the al central but they by and large it's a very paltry like very i think i saw when like when Vinny uh hits or i don't know if it's when he hits a home run or, or just when he's up to bat they uh there's a sasquatch that goes out in center field for them and walks around because you know uh his name is is very reminiscent of, of sasquatch dude they do Vinny, a lot Pas- of pasqu Pas- Quantino. Yeah, they yeah. they do a lot of cool things these days with the home like the home run vest in Minnesota, they're like the, the, the hats, like there's been a there, I think there's like a splash zone in Baltimore, like the teams we have a sombrero. Yeah, the teams are just kind of Mexico. Yeah, it's awesome. The teams are kind of just letting loose. I mean, well, I think that, like Heath Bell said it best, like your team succeeds when your team is having fun. And like Initially, you play the game to have fun, right? And eventually, you, you have the opportunity to go pro, and that's an amazing opportunity. But you see the teams that make those deep playoff runs that have, like, their little celebrations, right, that have, like, their little corks and, you know, go crazy and have these super, um, you know, fun locker rooms. Those are the teams that make the runs. And so you see the teams that have all these home run celebrations and, and do all these things, like, that's – that's like creates your team bond, you know, that those are your, your best friends right now. That's your family. And so go out and have fun. And, you know, you see the teams that are in the cellar and those are the teams that are not having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm long I'm, season. I mean, it sucks Kyle, to suck. Schwar- like, yeah, it does. Schwarber though, but he, he brings music into the locker room. Um, uh, dancing on my own, the Colm Scott version everywhere he goes. And those teams like blast in the locker room have, and yeah. have a blast. Um, Okay, Nick, you were upset you missed this game last time, so you'll go first. Great. I'm going to give you guys two different names. I felt bad that you weren't here. I know we discussed it prior, but it's a fun game. Toss, you you went deep. Look, I'll give you some small advice. Play the hits. Toss went deep cuts. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He Toss missed Jackie went... Robinson. <laughs> it took it to the chin like a champ there. I will say I was – made for, it made it's for hard good content. On the spot. It's hard made on for, the spot. It's hard on the spot. Made for excellent content. Someone and... someone grabbed me at the wedding I was at this, this past weekend and was like, that video with the Robinsons was so funny. The Jackie Robinson part, hilarious. So, oh, yeah. you know, the, the reaction, yeah, I, didn't, reaction. I didn't mean to do that. All but, press is uh, good press. Yeah. OJ, baby. Um, um, okay. Okay, so – just to be clear, you gave us a name, and I it could either be the first or last name of the player. It has toss when it bent the rules, and it, Robinson Cano counts the Robinson. Okay, all right, got it. 
And he was named after Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Hot shot. Here we go. How many seconds on the clock? You have 30? 30. You have 30 seconds on the clock. The name you received today, three, two, one, is Carter. Okay, Joe Carter, Chris Carter. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, oh, man. Uh, Vince Carter. Uh, I don't know. That's it. Boom. Three. Boom. Okay. That's three. Tough. It's tough, dude. It's tough on the spot. Can you give um, some more? Yeah, I could. Uh, I could. Let me throw some out. Joe Carter was a good one. Chris Carter was a good one. Vince Carter uh, was a good one. Um, I would say Jalen Carter was just drafted. Don't know who that is. Yeah, Jalen. Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was it's okay. I missed. Basketball. It's okay. I missed the the draftee, Bijan Robinson. So you're good. Yeah, you're good. Uh, let me pull some up for you. I didn't have anything. Uh, basketball. Some Wendell Carter, Michael Carter Williams. Not major ones. You know, Javon Carter that you would probably get off the, off the dome. Uh, you said Chris Carter. Yep. Okay. Jimmy Chris Carter. Carter. You, uh, Jimmy Carter. Is he alive? That's the. It's He's still alive. Yeah. It, it, would Coach Carter fun. work? Coach Carter, I would have allowed it, honestly. Yeah. Even though I've never uh, seen a movie. Ca- Carter, trying to look at other famous Carters. Mm. Doesn't seem like there's a lot. Let's give tosses. Okay. I think I got screwed. Okay. <laughs> we could do DeAndre Carter. I could give you another one if you want. We could, we could play all day. Okay. I'll I'll do a, a a redemption after toss. Okay, sounds good. All right, toss ready. Sure. Thirty seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. Your name is Lee. Derek Lee, Carlos Lee. Um. Lee 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 Lee. <laughs> um. It's hard to get over two. Yeah, it really is. My goodness. Lee Steinberg. Does Bruce Lee count? Because he's a he's a fighter. Bruce Lee with Bruce Lee uh would count. I we could let that we could let that one slide. So three um, and three. It's tough. It's tough. Cliff Lee was a was one that Ooh, you could have thrown out. Cliff Lee yeah. was one you could have thrown out there. Um uh let me look at a couple. Wells Derek Lee was good. Carlos Lee was also a strong pick. Um, it's definitely tough. It's definitely, definitely not slim pickings. Robinson was a good one. I'm saving, I'm saving the easy ones. There's a couple in the bag that, you know, um, that we don't Lee Smith. Yeah. Lee's Lee's pretty tough, man. I think we each needed a redemption tour. Okay. You want to, I'll give you guys each a redemption tour. Okay. Nick, you're up first. This is your redemption chore. 30 seconds on the clock. I, I have to, before Nick goes, I'm going to hop. I'm going to save my redemption for next week's episode. Save your redemption for next week's episode. We'll see you next time, Toss. Hook them horns. Good luck, Nick. Nick. Thank, Thank you. This, Nick, this is your less redemption. Less pressure. Less pressure with, with less eyes. This is your redemption, okay? 30 okay. seconds on the clock. Your name is Smith. Okay. Will Smith. Um, Steve Smith. Um, Alex Smith, um, Bruce Smith, um, Jason Smith. Um, man, um, man, Fred Smith, um, I think that was six. Pretty good. Smith, Rod Smith is one. Bruce Smith was good. Um, there, this guy, there was a running back on the Cowboys. Um, Arthur Smith, shout out to his family. Shout out to his family. That could have counted. Um, there was a running back on the Cowboys. Uh, his Emmett name, Smith. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, that was one I could have gone with. You said Fred Smith? Yeah. 
<laughs> Shout out to Stanley. But I'm sure there's a Fred Smith out there. Yeah, there there might, right? Uh I think so. I think so. I think that's a stretch. Uh did you say Lee Smith, the uh reliever? No, I did not. But you said that earlier. I did say that earlier. Ozzy Smith was one. You did hit Will. Yeah, I know. I know that. I figured that would disappoint you. Um, the speedster Malik Smith. Seth Smith. Seth Smith. That was one you could have gone with. Smith is. Uh, that, those are our NFL Smiths. Um, did you get any uh, Smiths in the NBA? Um, I think isn't J- Jason Smith one right? Jason Smith. He's an NBA player. Big white guy. Let's see what let's see what Smiths there were. Um, yeah, there's a few Smiths in the NBA. Joe Smith, Smith and Jigba. Uh, that would have counted for sure. You could have gone with both brothers. You could have gone with the other Steve Smith of the of the New York Giants. Uh, Swish J.R. Smith would have been a good one mm. to go with. Ish Smith. This is a hard game. It's tough. On Dennis Smith, Dorian Finney Smith. We'll get we'll see what we'll see. Jabari Smith. We'll see how many Smiths Toss can go with. Um, but I think you did well in the Smith category. Hard game on the clock. Uh, your game was hard as well, um, but also very fun. Looking forward to maybe getting that out there soon and a couple more rounds of that. Um, any any last words you want to give to the fans, give to the people? Uh parting words. I wouldn't call it last words because that's a little daunting, but sorry. Um um, thanks for listening to our show. We love you. Like and warns. There you go. Very nice. Very, very simple. Very sweet. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Hit your free throws. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.